All right, welcome back to the countdown of the 21 best Michigan football games under head coach Jim Harbaugh. Real talk, this is Jeff. Dan, what's going on, dude? Uh, not much, despite it being the movie Twilight in terms of weather outside right now. Not a bad week. Excited to get back to this. Yeah, I, uh, I just cracked open something I've never tried before. It's, uh, for those of you that like, like Voodoo Ranger beer, this is a Danger Beach IPA into my 2022 Big Ten Championship class. So I'm about to try this. I see you're drinking the Bush Apple. Yeah, I got this uh, out of a stowaway in my, in my, cofer, my coffers, if you will. I'm forever jealous. <laughs> no, so yeah, my mom had a uh, had a 30 rack in her laundry room that she forgot about. And, uh, you know, beer, honestly, cane beer especially, it lasts about six to nine months after you buy it ish and uh i cracked one open and i'm like still tastes delicious and uh so i got about eight left and uh they're 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 very they're very precious each one you know what i was doing the last time i had one of those i probably can think of it yeah i was watching diamond edwards take back-to-back touchdown runs to the house against ohio state (laughs) there it is yeah Um, so, uh, got a big slate today. We've done games 21 through 12, and then we've done a couple of honorable mentions. Today, we're going to give you two more honorable mentions and six games to get us down to the top five, okay? Uh, so it's a big slate today, and then maybe we'll have another game at the end of this pod like we did last week. So, uh, listen to the end, and you'll hear some of that, some trivia or something. Let's start with the first game, though. It's uh, This is a fun one. It's 2017. This is an honorable mention. Okay, It's Michigan at Indiana. So Michigan is looking for their 500th Big Ten win. Kind of cool. Um, do you remember a random fact about this game? Um, outside of this being my second road game. We were there. Yeah, that is it. We were there yeah. for this game. Um, Michigan's number 17 in the country. They're four and one on the year. They're traveling to the Indiana Hoosiers, who are three and two. This game kicked off all Michigan, and Indiana tightened it up, and this game ends up going into overtime. Um, any other news and notes? Otherwise, take it away with memories and stats and going on this one. Well, um, this had kind of, uh, I don't know, going into this game, a little better because uh, the previous week, John O'Corn makes his first start and throws three interceptions to uh, Michigan State. And in this game, the the air, the air attack, if you will, or the passing game is absolutely abysmal. He goes 10 for 20 for 58 yards. So essentially this entire game is Karan Higdon and his 203 touchdowns, um, 200 yards, three touchdowns. Um, you know, Michigan essentially wins that off the back of, like I said, Higdon and the defense coming up with, a, with an interception to seal it. Um, so it was a frustrating game, and Michigan kind of allowed Indiana to creep back in. But, um, you know, being there it was a beautiful day, didn't you know, not a cloud in the sky. And, uh, like you said, it's, we were there for this. This is my second road game, and you know, Memorial Stadium is absolutely beautiful, and uh, couldn't. You know, didn't expect, you know, to be 
you know, haze or harass a whole bunch. But, you know, we did have a couple of Hoosier fans chime in on us or whatever as we're walking in. But it was a good time, man. Yeah, I, the, from what I remember of that weekend, you know, we drive in and we get in late on a Friday night and we pack the hotel with six, seven of us, seven of us. Wait, two, four, six, six of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, six of us. And, uh, you know, we wake up early. We do our tailgate routine. We're just on the road in a totally different place, you know, not yeah. Ann Arbor. And uh, I just remember it being gorgeous out. Like you said, it was a perfect day. Drinks were flowing. Tailgate music's going. Um, we had a good time. And obviously, as we go into that game, the sun's a, the sun is fully out. It is, it is a warm day. And uh, we think we're taking this one by the horns. I mean, obviously coming off that loss against Michigan State, I think we all felt pretty good that we were just going to maybe take care of business here, especially yeah. coming off that 2016 season. I think everything's flying high. And unfortunately, Michigan uh, gets themselves in a battle with a 3-2 and two team. And a couple things that stand out, you talked about Kron Higdon. I mean, literally Kron Higdon is the entire offense in this game. But Lavert Hill was an absolute dog in this game. He had yeah. a he had an interception in the first quarter that was called pass interference. That was BS. After rewatching the highlights this week, I'm like, man, that's a tough call. He had another one late in the game, and he also had a blocked field goal, like yeah. all over the place. Lavert Hill was an absolute beast, and obviously the goal line stand to give us the win here after Kron Higdon basically takes a 30 yard run into the end zone, but. Um, Tron Higdon, Lavert Hill, get a W on the road. Uh, fun game. Yeah. Honorable. The next honorable mention is the 2015 game at home against Northwest. Oh, real quick. So I had that game ranked 23rd. That was dead last for me. I only ranked 23 games. You did not have it ranked because you didn't even do 23. I think you did only 20 or 21. Um, this next game, honorable mention, 2015 versus Northwestern. Northwestern's 13th in the country. Michigan's 18th in the country. Uh, this actually had some big game feels to it. Northwestern had had a pretty solid season to this point. Michigan, obviously, the the opening season loss to Utah. I think they had just lost to Michigan State as well, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry. But Michigan had not really necessarily had the best season, but they still have high hopes. And from the very get, J.U. Cheston takes it back, and it's a beatdown. What do you remember from this game? Yeah, I remember the, 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 the most I remember from this game is the call of the game where the announcer goes, J.U. Cheston, the opening kickoff. You know, um, so that for sure. You know, uh, Northwestern in 2015 ends up not, you know, they go 10-3 and three and when it's all said and done. I looked, they only had four road games this schedule, which is absolutely weird outside of, um, their neutral sites. They played at, I believe, Yankee Stadium, or they played at Wrigley Field, uh, second to last of the week, and then their bowl game. So they had two neutral sites, um, and they didn't play Ohio State, so that played a part in there to be ten and three. Uh, Michigan notches through our third straight shutout with this game, and Jordan Lewis had to pick six. Michigan. Basically shut Northwestern out completely. They were under 200 yards off his total. And then Willie Henry, uh, Michigan's nose tackle, uh, opposite of uh, Maurice Hurst, whatever, made a, a few sacks himself. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I remember about the game. Um, but, yeah, Chesson and then uh, Jordan Lewis has picked six. But, uh, but yeah, it was uh, 
a lot of a lot medium level hype after three straight shutouts and you know this is a season where they open on the road at utah and lose close so uh they were bouncing back here and um they're playing the Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern team that, you know, has a spark type of a year where they, you know, bounce back after having an abysmal one. So, um, but yeah. So, yeah, the only thing I remember from this game is JHS and being a dog. Uh, Jake Rudock kind of getting himself familiar with this system and really coming into his own and the defense obviously showing out at this time. Um I had this game, weirdly enough, ranked 20th. So if I would have been doing this list by myself, it would have made the top 21. Uh, Dan yeah. didn't have it ranked, and that's why it's not on the list. But here we go. Number 11 okay, is the first game on our actual list here. Uh, we've already done 21 through 12. Number 11 is the 2015 Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl. You have number 14, Michigan, 10-3 and three on the year, uh, against number 14, Florida, 10-4 and four on the year. So a couple of news and notes here. As a lot of people have loved, these Buckeye fans have been loving to point out lately, this is Harbaugh's only bowl win. Yeah. Uh, it comes in his first season. Uh, he loses to Utah, Michigan State, and Ohio State, and uh, just absolutely gives it to Florida here in this bowl game. But it's his only bowl win. Um, you know, Jake Rudock, it's it's basically going to be his last game. He comes over for one season for Michigan. We know this going into it. It's a graduate season. So it's his last game. Anything else you want to know? Well, yeah, with, with this game, um, I was at my, my buddy Kenny's house up near East Lansing um, where he lives. And we kind of woke up the next morning and uh, just kind of watched the game together with our families. And uh, hold on, let me turn on the – I have the volume on. Hold on one sec. Um Anyways, yeah, so this game, 41-7, Michigan wins. This was uh, a game, uh, an outcome that didn't expect it. Uh, Florida had some interesting quarterbacks, so they kind of had, like, I believe their second or third stringer in there. Now, didn't perform very well, and uh, Jake Rudock, I think with his three touchdowns and 278 through the air, I think this um, was the first Michigan quarterback to reach his level in terms of passing yardage. 3,000 yards. At the time. And uh, so that was a, a, an emotional thing for him at the end there. He got knocked out of the Ohio State game. Both Spade had to come in and fill in. And so Rudock kind of bounced back here to, uh, you know, cap off a good year. And we've always talked about since the beginning of this podcast that Jake Rudock would have flourished in year two if he had eligibility. Um, I also remember um, Davion Smith running hard. Um, Drake Johnson made some, made some moves. J.U. Chesson was torturing uh, or torching. Running Hargraves all afternoon. Uh, Grant Perry was uh, hitting the seams. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, Harbaugh's one and only bowl win. And it was just uh, – it was just this right here really gave me optimism for 2016 because um, I didn't expect to be afforded this badly. But um, we obviously know what happens. But uh, as, as of this game right here, man, I was happy. Yeah, my memories here. I have uh, Vernon Hargraves, a projected top 10 pick in the number one corner. Everyone's praising him. And J.U. Chesson absolutely works him, especially in the first quarter. Catches him looking. Uh, he goes for five catches, 118 a touchdown. Uh, first off, J.U. Chesson, super underrated Michigan Wolverine, by the way. As I am as I went through these 21 games and I've been watching replays, it's like, man, that dude pops off the film. Just J.U. Chesson, absolute beast. Yeah. 
Um, I had this game ranked 12th. You had it 16. It falls at 11 for us on the average here. Uh, my lasting memory from this game is obviously that it's Harbaugh's only bowl win, but you said it a second ago. I said it, and I will say it till the end of time. Jake Rudock needed one more season. It's unfortunate that this uh, – it's not unfortunate this is his last game. He played five years in college, um, and leaving on this note was good. But, but, boy, oh, boy, if he is the quarterback in 2016, I think Michigan is probably uh, competing for a national championship. That's I think that would have put them over the top. But uh, Michigan wins this 41-7. to Anything else you need to say about this game? Number 10, you know, this, I'll tell you what, I think through 21 to 10, I think this is our most common opponent. It feels like yeah, yeah. 2018 versus Penn state. So Michigan is number five in the country. They're seven and one. They're playing number 14 in the country, Penn state who's six and two. So Michigan to this point, they had only lost one week and it was Notre Dame at, uh, on the road, 24, 17. So Michigan had won seven in a row coming into this matchup, and they end up winning 10 in a row. Mm. Uh, Michigan is, uh, they are just uh, what's called the revenge tour. It's its its popping off at this point. Take it away. Yeah, uh, the, the revenge tour ensues here. Um, so obviously 2017 is where Saquon Barkley just explodes at home. Michigan doesn't have an answer for him. And you obviously, you know, um, it was – Obviously, nice to see the um, the avenged loss here. Uh, but Shane Patterson, two touchdowns, and, you know, efficient through the air, wasn't asked to do a lot. And this is a kind of a game where it kind of went how 2022 uh, went last year, where they just relied on the run game and just play keep away from Penn State and, you know, get uh, 259 on the ground on 52 carries and, you know, kind of spread the wealth there between Higdon and Chris Evans. Um, you know, Shea Patterson, you know, I just mentioned whatever he had, uh, he had went through the air. He also had one on the ground. Uh, Josh Uche made his presence felt. Uh, what else am I missing here? Uh, McSorley and Tommy Stevens, who came in to back him up. I think he might have got hurt or wasn't performing well. Both of them got picked off. Uh, so Michigan just, uh, you know, drugged their nuts on their head and, uh, and didn't let them do anything. Yeah, you know, this is uh this is an absolute beatdown. And you know, I said this you know last week on the pod when we were talking about these Michigan Penn State games. Man, when Harbaugh has this train rolling at home against Penn State, he gets it rolling. Yeah. The average margin of victory over these Nittany Lions is absolutely astronomical. It's he just puts the whooping down at home. Uh obviously Michigan coming into state college this upcoming season, it's something to keep an eye on because they're they're a much better home team than they are a road team against Penn State. They've got some wins, but still. Yeah. Uh my memories here. The DPJ touchdown turns into a Shaquan Barkley celebration. As soon as Donovan Peoples Jones gets that toe drag, he runs out and he's doing the Barkley across yeah. the back. That's one of my memories here. Uh another one. I want to talk about him in a little bit. Spoiler. Yeah. Don't get brought up again. Shea Patterson, three total touchdowns. Yeah. I want to talk about Shea. So let's not let's not end this pod without talking about Shea Patterson a little bit. But uh, I thought he was great in this game. Did exactly as he needed to do. And uh, I had this game ranked 14th. You had it ranked 11th. It comes in at number 10 for us. Michigan wins 42 to seven. It's a beatdown. This one uh, stands the test of time. 
but it just feels like it blends in because of all the other Penn State victories that we have that are just big like this. Yeah, real quick, too. Um, I forgot to even look at this, and I didn't see it in the highlights when I was uh, reviewing this. Um, so you just mentioned that DPJ did the the Barkley. Wasn't this the same game where Chase Winovich did Ch- uh, uh, Ch- uh, Trace McSorley's celebration, too? Like, it's like an axe motion or something like that. Was this the same Maybe. Game? Maybe. Because looking in the stack column, um, McSorley does fumble it, and Winovich is the one who recovers it. So I think right. that is... happens. That happens the first like quarter or second quarter. Yeah. So I'll have to rewatch it, and maybe the people listening remember it. But I remember Winovich at one point against Penn State, where he basically was taunting McSorley. Yeah. Uh, this was yeah. Th- I mean, it wouldn't shock me. This was this was rough. This entire game. For Penn State, they couldn't really do anything, and their score came. It was forty-two to zero. Their yeah. score came with a minute or two to go. I mean, it's it was a beatdown. Anything else in this game? No. We're inside the top ten. We just gave you top. We just gave you ten. Here's nine. The twenty nineteen game at home versus Michigan State. It's important to note, I'm going to give you the date on this game. This game takes place November 16th of 2019. That's important to note for here in a little bit. Spoiler. So Michigan's number 15 in the country. They're uh, they're 7-2. and two. They're at home against Michigan State, who's 4-5. and five. At this point, Michigan had kind of had a tough time with Michigan State. I believe they were 2-2 two and two coming into this game. They lost in 15, 1-16. Lost in 17 and one in 18. So they're literally two and two. And coming into this game on the season, Michigan had lost at Wisconsin and at Penn State. Both were ranked matchups. So that's kind of important to note. But there was a lot trending on this game. Obviously, Harbaugh, you know, and what he, what his legacy is essentially. You were high on this game. I had it 19. You had it six. I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah. And, for those, I mean, I've said before, but um, because of the respect I have for Ohio State's program, it's not, I don't have the same respect for Michigan State, and that's probably the type of arrogance and the reason why they hate us so much. But fuck Michigan State, and when you win 44 to 10 against them, eject it in my veins, I'll take it all day. They absolutely dismantle these fools. The worky who had the stupid haircut look like Gary Oldman from uh, the Bruce Willis movie, Armageddon, I believe it is. Uh, not Armageddon. Yeah, the other one. Anyways, so uh, he throws two picks. Shea Patterson has arguably his best game as a Wolverine. <clears throat> Excuse me, dropping four touchdowns and almost 400 through the air. And this is a game where Michigan only rushes for 83 yards, and they just dismantle them through – you know, obviously the air attack, Ronnie Bell, buck 50, Donovan Peoples-Jones got a touchdown. And, uh, you know, so this one was just, uh, it felt great. And like I said, it was, um, I think a lot of the frustration losing two games already for Michigan really was uh, resonating a little bit here coming out of the tunnel. And um, laid the pipe, man. Can't uh, <laughs> Can't say it enough about this game. Yeah, the one thing that I think I take away from from both this game and this time frame at Michigan, um, 
I didn't necessarily have a memory from this game that I think stood out. Uh, obviously, Ronnie Brown had a monster game. You just talked about that a second ago. But the one thing I just remember, Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples-Jones were so good. And really, like, when I start to tell you, if you're a Michigan fan, you're the wide receivers that caught a pass in this game. Ronnie Bell, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, Cornelius Johnson, obviously still on the team, Tariq Black, Mike Sanders still. Like, that's the wide receiver group. I didn't even tell you the tight ends that caught a pass to the running back. Like, those are good players, man. Michigan's had some good wide receivers. Obviously, it hasn't exactly translated. It has lately, but it didn't translate to a lot of success. But, boy, oh, boy, you know how big of a Nico Collins guy was back in the time. And Diamond Peoples-Jones, to his credit, was just as good. Um, I look back at these these 2018-2019 games, and I just – it's, it's 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 so easy to gloss over because we lived the time and we know what happens to it. But when you're looking at this, you're like, geez, these two just pop off the page, man. Yeah, and, and real too, real quick too, the one thing I remember about this game was outside of uh, DPJ kind of contorting his body for his touchdown, reaching over the goal line backwards or whatever, that was kind of cool. And then two, it's um, it's 37-10, late like seven minutes ago in the fourth quarter. And Shea Patterson rolls to his left, and the entire defense collapses on him, and he throws off his back foot or off, you know, to the side, and just flips it over their head, and Cornelius Johnson just takes it to the house, whatever. So a little salt in the wound there at the end, and um, you know, I know Michigan, you know, any whether it's Michigan or Michigan State, whatever, anytime you have a late touchdown like that to put the the stamp on it, if you're on the losing end, it hurts a little bit. And another thing too that kind of Bit them in the asses and uh, uh, was it 2016 or whatever when uh, D'Antonio tried to go for two and then Peppers picked up the the fumble and took it to the house and it was like it was like a middle finger to him at the end but, but yeah so can't say it enough blowout little brother um, yeah yeah this was uh, and the crazy thing about this game is it started off 7-0 Michigan State. And Michigan goes on a 44-3 run, just an absolute ass-beating. And this is one of Shea Patterson's best games. You know, I, I said we'll talk about Shea Patterson in a minute. Um, I'm still going to say we'll talk about it in a minute, but this is one of his best career games, if not his best game. Um, and, uh, again, we'll talk about him in a minute. But anything else in this game? Michigan wins 44-10. to No, I'm good here. Number eight. Moving right along here, 2019, home against Notre Dame under the lights. It is number 19, Michigan, who's 5-2 and two on the year. At home against number 8, Notre Dame, who's 5-1 and one on the year. This was the last matchup between these two. We have not seen another game between these two since, unfortunately. But the game prior to this, in 2018, Notre Dame got the best of Michigan, 24-17 at home. Uh, unfortunately, the next time these two teams will play, unless they were to meet in a college football playoff game, is 2020, sorry, 2033 and 2034. So still a long time, another 10 years, unless there's a uh, college football playoff game. Kind of weird because this has been, this has been, you know, one of Michigan's top three rivals for 50 years, <laughs> 25 yeah. years, 30 years. I mean, and all of a sudden it's gone, but. Michigan is gonna put the uh, put the whooping down on this one. I'll let you take it away. Yeah, um, 
45-14 at home. Like you said, uh, Notre Dame bested Michigan and South Bend the year prior. And so this was uh, it's not the revenge tour year, but they got the revenge uh, for sure. Ian Book, 8 for 25, 73 yards through a touchdown, but obviously not much going there. They even brought in a backup, not much there. Um, you know, Shane Patterson wasn't asked to do a lot, but what he executed when he did. Um, and then again, 300 yards on the ground. You know, Hassan Haskins really popped off. Charbonnet uh, made his mark. And, you know, Dylan McCaffrey even threw a touchdown in this too. So another another game where Dylan McCaffrey kind of keeps the noise and the buzz going for when uh, it's it was supposed to be his turn, you know. And um, so obviously we know how that played out. But, you know, Notre Dame turned the ball over, spanked him. I hate Brian Kelly. Uh, I've said it before where, you know, Brian Kelly apparently has this disrespect among his colleagues and peers. And uh, be quite frankly, um, I, I hate that little little shit. He's a little troll to me. And, uh, you know, I made fun of him last year for his fake Cajun accent when he took the LSU job and he was down there. And he's like, me and my family. Yeah, my family on this game, Malafer, so, uh, you know, rubbing your face. Yeah, a uh, couple of things here. So, this game takes place October 26th of 2019. So, this game takes place before the Michigan State game. Michigan had been coming off of two losses. Obviously, I just talked about this seconds ago. At Wisconsin, at Penn State. So, at this point, the season feels... Five and two Michigan. How does that usually feel for us? Pretty rough, right? Yeah. We're not playing for much. Early in the year, somewhat, you can't make another mistake. Yeah. And you just, I mean, at that point, we we don't really necessarily believe we can beat Ohio State. So at this point, we're like, we still have Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Ohio State to go. We're probably losing all three at this point. Like, it just doesn't feel good. And on October 26th, they smacked the absolute shit out of Notre Dame. And then they go on to smack the shit out of Michigan State. So it almost breathes a little bit of life back into us. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, yeah, this uh, this game is the Hassan Haskins welcome to Michigan football for me. The hurdle in this game, uh, getting his carries, getting his his time, uh, really starting to shine. And then very, I believe it's 2013 Jeremy Gallon against Notre Dame. The spin, broken tackle, run long yep. for a touchdown. Uh, Sanders still has his own in this game, which is kind of cool. So, weirdly enough, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, now a fifth year Sanders still. Uh, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, Sanders still scores a touchdown. I had this game 11th, you had it 13th. It falls at eight for us. Um, it's a beatdown. This, this was a fun year, 2019. At this point, these last two fall months, uh, September was a little rough, but. Coming into late October, into November, we're feeling pretty good heading into Ohio State. This team seems to be rolling at this point. Yeah. So, anything else for uh, Michigan and Notre Dame? Yeah, a couple players to note that's on this uh, Notre Dame team. Uh, one's Chase Claypool. Yep. The other one's Cole Komet. And then lastly, uh, I think he was just drafted last year. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa by the Cleveland Browns. They also call him Jocker, the Joker. Yeah, so, two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. So uh, yeah. there you go. Got a couple uh, couple names there to 
Peep up it. Yeah, some studs. Um, you ready for number seven? Oh yeah. Number seven. Uh, the 2018 Michigan at Michigan State game. You have number six Michigan, seven and one on the year, at number 24 Michigan State, who's four and three. Uh, Michigan's one loss to this point was on the road at Notre Dame week one. Take it away. Yeah, so this one doesn't have a eye-popping score like uh, the last one does in 2019. But here in 2018, this is 2018, correct? Am I, am I looking at that right? This is yeah. 2018, yep. 2018, so yeah. So you're prior to the last one we just talked about. 21-7, the score doesn't necessarily tell the story here. Uh, it was kind of... Uh, I think the I think the weather in this game played a little factor. I think it did rain in this game, so uh, the air the air attack didn't really uh, really pan out. You know, the the Spartans was abysmal on offense, rushing, passing. They couldn't do jack, and um, you know Shea Patterson, you know, got his, but you know they again relied on Karan Higdon um, without scoring a touchdown, but he was the bell cow. And you know this is a game where um, you know winning on the road is just that more impressive and the one thing that stands out to me the most in this game is the one catch by donald people's jones goes for 79 yards down the sideline the michigan state player falls down and then dpj does the uh, paul bunyan pose in the end zone and that to me was the middle finger and the nail in the coffin i think that game was pretty much over after that play but um again nothing there's nothing to me like beating these assholes and, you know, and beating them in their own stadium. And um, I know the, the hatred is mutual. And so uh, we were the good, the, the victors on uh, today. Yeah, you left out something pretty massive and I can't believe you didn't touch on it. So uh, while this game was only 21 to seven, this was a battle that had been going on since pregame. Oh, like, the, the, Devin the, Bush. Yeah. Besides, he is going to destroy the midfield logo at Michigan State as the Michigan State players are marching towards him arm in arm and refuse to move. Uh, Devin Bush took it upon himself to destroy the midfield logo, and we decided to come into their house and lay it down. Uh, yeah, the, DP, the DPJ 79-yard touchdown, the Paul Bunyan pose, Devin, uh, Devin Bush, revenge tour. This was all... This was all in one. This is just a, a classic hard-nosed Michigan-Michigan State battle. And this was two straight at East Lansing. 2016 and 2018, uh, Harbaugh was able to pick up wins. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he had dropped two at home at this point. But I had this game ranked 13th. You had it ranked 9th. Uh, it falls for number 7 for us, just based off how things fall. Uh, before we move on. This is the last game where we're ever going to talk about Shea Patterson. Uh, opinions on Shea Patterson. Do you think he, first off, how do you view Shea Patterson? Okay. Let's start there. Um, I kind of view him like I, I do drill peppers. And I, I've said it before where people might think I'm a little unfair to him. Shea Patterson, you know, was a five-star quarterback, went to Ole Miss and transferred to uh, to Jim. And 
this was when he transferred to Michigan. That was about the time where my patience was wearing thin with Jim because I know a lot of people outside the fan base called Jim Harbaugh the quarterback guru. Jim, Car- Jim Harbaugh doesn't call himself that. Uh, he just has that track record with quarterbacks, right? And so with this one, you thought that, all right, he's got his quarterback now. He's got a, he's got a five-star upside guy. There should be no excuses here. Michigan had, outside the state game, they had a, de- a, a decent defense or a, a defense good enough to, to, to go places. Well, they didn't. And with Shea Patterson, he had, he had good games. But then again, it's like it's not all about stats and – you know, when you look at the body of work, it just it just wasn't that impressive to me. I know it's a team game, and I know the defense, like I just said, whatever, you know, didn't play, you know, live up to the standard that you want. But then again, to me, it's just, um, you know, I expected more out of him. You know, he, like I said, he had the upside, and um, again, maybe that'd be unfair. But uh, that's where I put him. I know a lot of Michigan fans on Twitter, you know, back him up and say that he was uh, fairly thought of or, or regarded. But to me, it's uh, we we bought a we bought a Rolls Royce or what we thought was going to be a Rolls Royce, and instead we we got a Chrysler Sebring. Maybe that's not a good comparison, but you know what I mean. You just it was, uh, it was not what I was expecting. So, do you think? Okay, when you, when you were looking back at these twenty-one games, uh, there's a lot of them that Shea Patterson's a quarterback. I mean, we just went through a nice stretch right there. Mm-hmm. Did you change your view at all? Honestly, no. Um, no, I'm, I'm right there. Um, right there. And, and this, this specifically this Michigan State game, I mean, two tall through the air, two touchdowns on the road. I mean, it's, it's a nice win. And this Michigan State team we're talking about here in 2019, they're – you know, a Connor Cook or a Kirk Cousins from probably going to the Big Ten Championship because they had a good defense. Um, you know, Jacob Pashnick, Kenny Wilkes, David Dahl, Joe Batchy, uh, Raekwon Williams, Tyree Thompson. Those were all guys that were were pretty good defenders. I just, um, I don't know, man. I just thought, uh, you know, I, I just wanted more. Yeah, I think that's, I think you're you're really fair right now. I don't think you're being unfair. Um he played, and I'm. This is me, my opinion. Okay, if you if you don't share this opinion, that's fine. I'm going to give you what I believe were his ten biggest games. Okay. He had two against Notre Dame, mm-hmm. two against Michigan State, two against Penn State, two against Ohio State, and two bowl games. He played all of eighteen and all of nineteen. He was one and one against Notre Dame. 2 and 0 against Michigan State, 1 and 1 against Penn State, 0 and 2 against Ohio State, 0 and 2 in bowl games. He was 4 and 6. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a reflection of Shea or do you think that's a reflection of what Jim Harbaugh was doing in this era or both? I think it's a little bit of both cuz I know, you know, we we are definitely we're we're frustrated with how the defense was going especially against Ohio State and um but again on the flip side of Shea Patterson, you know, when he you can just not just look at the stats against Ohio State. I mean, played in. Eh. Um, you know, I know the Penn, the Penn State game that he lost. I thought that that was one of his most grittiest. You know, full full throttle, like all chips in. You know, 
that, that thought that was his, his one of his best performances in terms I of. Thousand, you know, I a thousand percent agree. Right. Even so, though, even though this game in twenty was this twenty nineteen against Michigan State when they went forty four to ten, um, twenty four of thirty three, three eighty four, and four touchdowns. I'd argue his game at Penn State was better. Yeah, it, it was a loss, obviously. Um, I just remember I'm looking over some of these stats, man. I'm looking over some of these like I watched every single one of these games for the first time. Um, I watched somewhere between 15 to 25 minute recaps on these. And the only thing I could think of was like, man, Shay's a tough son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like he just is. He's just like when I was going back and watching these, I'm like, this dude's really competing. And we're just yeah, we're underachieving. But I just I don't know how much I actually want to put on Shea after I watch some of this. Now, mind you, I'm going through the best games of Harbaugh's era. We're not going through the bad ones. You know, I, mm-hmm. I brought up multiple times how he lost to Notre Dame. He lost to Ohio State. He lost bowl games. He lost at Wisconsin. I mean, there's plenty of losses in there. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'd have to go through those and really look at the stats. Be like, oh, he won touchdown three picks. But, I mean, for the most part, I think there's some fond memories. But I think you're, I think you're mostly right. I think you're mostly right. But that Penn State game, man, in 2019 on the road, that's as gritty as it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Anything else on the top games that we've just done? We've done 12 through – sorry, we've done 11 through 7 before we get to number 6. Honorable mentions, Shea Patterson. Anything else from the 2018-2019 era because those games are officially done? Uh, no. Um, I know it just – we're running through this, and um, it's been fun so far, and we're about to get down to game number six here, and um, we're in the meat and potatoes of this, and a lot of fond memories are about to come up, even though a lot of these memories aren't necessarily old. Yeah, so this next one, 2021 at Penn State. 2021 at Penn State. Number six, Michigan, eight and one on the year versus Penn State, who's six and three on the year. This is a uh, this is not a whiteout, but it's hostile. Um, Harbaugh was one and two at Penn State coming into this game. Uh, he had, they had lost two in a row, 2019 and 2020. So it's not looking good for Harbaugh coming into this one. He's got a losing record at Penn State, and they've lost two in a row. Um, I have this game ranked 10th. You have it 8th. It's 6th. Take it away. Yeah, this was uh, this was a nail-biter, man. And to me, this is – we were just talking about Shea Patterson's – one of his best performances or best uh, will-to-win moments against Penn State. And I think for me, K. McNamara comes right in with this one as well. Uh, three touchdowns, and two of them were to Roman Wilson. And quite honestly, I think these are probably two of the best throws that came back McNamara ever made as a Michigan Wolverine. I mean, threading the needle with a window, you know, you can't even stick your head in. I mean, it was absolutely insane. On defense, uh, Sean Clifford, I mean, anytime Sean Clifford faced Michigan, whether he won or lost, he just took an absolute shelling. And David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson combined five sacks in this game. Sean Clifford got his ass destroyed in this one. Um, and obviously, at the very end of the game, 
uh, Eric all takes a crossing route to the house with a few minutes to go. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a bittersweet moment because these two are not going to be in the West division for Iowa, but, uh, boy, these, uh, these do play their asses off. And this was one of those classic big 10 games. And, um, I'll, I'll forever be for, for, excuse me, I'll forever be thankful for this one because if Michigan loses this game, uh, who knows what happens in uh, in uh, Ann Arbor versus Ohio State? We don't know, um, but this one was definitely a, a fun one to watch. I have chills. You don't have to believe me, but I just like remembering this game. I just whew, a couple things I have down. Uh, Penn State's fake punt that was successful was big in this game. Unfortunately, they got greedy and tried a fake field goal, and it did not work. Silly James Franklin. Yep. Uh, another memory I have down is the sack party. Aiden Hutchinson, Ajabo, Junior Colson, everybody getting involved here. Woo, this next one. Hey, you already talked about it. Kate McNamara throws an absolute dart to Roman Wilson in the first quarter, I believe, of this game. And it's on Joey Porter. Fun fact, he's getting drafted on Thursday. Um, absolutely works Joey Porter up the seam. And Cade hits him right on the money. It's a perfect TD. Um, he ends up getting a second one later in this game at the goal line, too, as you talk about. And, of course, the hero play. Uh, the crossing route, the drag route, the wide open in the flats. Eric All takes uh, a seven-yard catch on a bum ankle and takes it to the house. Uh, this one's big. This one is big. Michigan wasn't doing these types of things 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015. Not one single time have we given you a game on this list in which Michigan is down in the fourth quarter on the road against a ranked opponent and they're winning. That's not happening. Now, Penn State wasn't ranked in this game, but like this is a hostile environment. And there was only one thing that you could equate it to, and it's the fact that this team was different. This team, and we beat this horse on 2021, the team was different. They played to a different standard. Hassan Haskins didn't even have the game of his life in this game. It's a lot of Cade McNamara. And as you alluded to, Cade and Eric all show out. Cade is a gritty SLB in this game, and they're going to be wearing Hawkeye jerseys, but they will 100% always be fondly remembered in Wolverine's hearts for this game. If nothing else, this game, these two showed out, got a W. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. nothing more I can say. It's a huge right. game. Um, as I, you know, I said, I had it 10th, you had it eighth. Uh, it lands sixth on us, which is even higher than what we even had it. So um, yeah. 21-17, Michigan beats Penn State, and we're on to the top five. Real quick, too, I'm going to be kind of – I'm backpedaling this a little bit. So we just talked about the tight window that came McNamara through this. Yeah. Going back going back to uh, our first game that we covered tonight, our 11th um, spot, Florida 2015, there was a Jake Rudock – I can't believe if I didn't remember. There was a Jake Rudock throw in that game, a touchdown pass, where, I mean, the ball was – 
you have to watch the replay. Do you remember that throw where it just barely made it through? Who catches it? I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Chesson. But it was, it, was, it was like on the goal line, and Jake Rudock threw that ball. And, I mean, if it was a millisecond early or millisecond late, that ball is getting intercepted or tipped. But when he threw that in there, I just was threading the needle. And that, for some reason, I came, I don't even know why I didn't even think about it when we got to the game, but it just reminded me of it now, talking about Cade's throw here in Roman. But, yeah, it was wild. Yeah, I, I mean, I could talk about Cade literally all day. Um, the one you're talking about has to be a Grant Perry. Okay, yeah, probably. God, it's got to be because Jay Chesson's was wide open. Um, so, you know, when it comes to Cade, going into 2022, I thought that Cade deserved to be the starter because he had not lost the job. Right. Things obviously transpired. I'm happy with how things gone or how things went. Unfortunately, I don't like how like Cade was kind of treated. I don't yeah. think there's really an easy way to go about it. But I mean, legitimately, it was this game right here in the game against Ohio State where I'm like, Cade is the guy. And I understand in a lot of people's eyes, the Georgia game opened their eyes to the fact that Cade isn't the guy. But Boy, oh boy, don't let the Georgia game fool you for the fact that Cade McNamara was an absolute baller. Uh, this game, and we'll talk about some other ones too, I'm sure, spoiler alert. But, um, boy, oh boy, I'm glad this Penn State game goes on here because it brings back great memories. Literally, uh-huh. had children, you talk about it. Um, because, again, without that game, who knows where we're at today. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um. Trivia? Let's do it. You ready? Where do you start next week? Final episode. Okay. We're going to hit you with one honorable mention in our top five. Um, if I had to guess, a lot of our top five will feel very similar to how number six was. Very uh, emotional feeling, a lot of memories, a lot of proud feelings. Um, yeah. Don't miss it. It's going to be a good one. I really hope that you've enjoyed this series so far. Um, If you're listening to this episode and you didn't listen to the last two, uh, I'm glad you listened. But at the same time, go back and listen to them in order. Uh, Let us know what games you feel at this point are maybe too high or too low. Uh, Games that you feel should have been on the list. Maybe an honorable mention that should have made it. I think for the most part, we we did our due diligence and really kind of uh, really gave our feelings as far as where games needed to be. But hope you guys are digging this. And we got our last episode next week. And uh, take it away. All right. So with it being NFL draft weekend, uh, a couple of these, well, all these trivia questions I'm about to provide Jeff here are all NFL draft based. Um, so we'll start off with kind of a softball one, so to speak, the probably the easiest one. So out of all the colleges in the NCAA, uh, only four teams have five number one overall picks. Michigan has two in its history. Who are they? Jake Long. Now the other one. Yeah. 
I'm actually shocked. I don't know this. I'm going to ask for a hint. Do you know the year? Uh, the year Pearl Harbor happened. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I don't know it. One of our three Heisman Trophy winners. Oh, is it Tom Harmon? Yep. He was the number one overall pick to what team? I don't have that for you. I just know it was 1941. Okay. Cool. So, so all these questions are based off of what was on NCAA.com in September of last year. So obviously, since we haven't had a draft since then, so these are all accurate. Yeah. Right? All right, so uh, let's go to the next one. Fun, uh, I'll give you, not necessarily a trivia question, but I'll give you a fun fact. Alabama has only one NFL overall pick, and it was a guy named Harry Gilmer in 1948. So I think that was a fun fact because out of all the talent they've had rolling there, all the natties, all the SEC championships, they've only had one overall pick, and it was a guy that was before the Korean War. Um, Weirdly enough, I'll make a comment to that. Go ahead, go ahead. Most number one overall picks, not all, mm-hmm. at all, but most, are quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Outside of Joe Namath, forgive me, they didn't really have another one until really the 2000, 2000 plus after, actually, post-2015. They yeah. didn't really have anybody until just recently. So, um, I'm not shocked by that. All right, so, like I just said, uh, with the first question, uh, there's four colleges who have five number one overall picks. Can you name all four colleges? I'm going to assume I can't, but I'm going to take a stab at some of them. Okay, Uh, let me give you you some hints right off the bat, right? Uh, You'll be in the Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, at least for three of them. Well... I'm a little upset you gave me a hint already because I was going to guess Oklahoma already. Okay, Oklahoma's one. Because I knew I obviously I knew Kyler and Baker were two of them. So yeah, I yeah. assume they had other ones. Okay. So what was your hint after that? Pac 12 SEC. Oh. USC? Yep. They make a lot of sense. SEC. Hmm. LSU. No. Okay. I fit Burrow and Marcus, Jamarcus Russell. They have four. What's the, what is it? Five we're talking? Talking about five, yeah. Okay. It's not Bama. You told me that. Right. Could it potentially be Auburn? Okay, I was thinking Cam Newton. I didn't know where Bo Jackson was drafted. Uh, I doubt it's Florida. Nope. SCC. You're close. You're very close. I'm close with Florida? Yeah, in terms of geography. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Georgia? Yeah. Okay. And then there's one more. In what conference? You'll get it if I tell you. Oh. They were in, you named them last week in our uh, helmets. Notre Dame? Yep. Notre Dame, Oklahoma, USC, and Georgia are the only schools uh, in the NCAA that have five number one overall picks. 
All right, so real quick, Notre Dame was one of them. Yep. Do you happen to see the players or no? I didn't. I didn't listen down. Actually, I do not. Okay. I was gonna. I was gonna try and guess one from each. The only gotcha. one I would even remotely be able to guess from Notre Dame would be Joe Namath. No, Namath went to Bama. Remember? Sorry, not Namath. Gosh. Gotcha. Um. Joe Montana. Montana. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he's one. I'm sure he's one of them. Okay. And then Georgia. I literally don't have a. Oh, Walker last year. No. Yeah, Walker from last yep. year. Walker and what was Stafford? One. He was yep. one. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about Stafford. That's a good yep. one. Um, USC had both Auburn, Carson no. Palmer. Liner wasn't number one. Vince, who was number one that year? Oh, Mario Williams was number one. Yeah, NC State. Yep. Yeah. And then who was the other one? I already said Oklahoma's number one picks. Who else am I forgetting? Out of Oklahoma? No. So Oklahoma, Notre Dame, USC, Georgia, and Notre Dame. Is that all of them? Yep. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll move on. Um, Washington State has one number one overall pick in 1993. Who was it? Washington State? Yeah. Dude, first off, I'm a little upset that you're trying to, like, stump me. It's Drew, it's Drew Bledsoe. Okay, yeah. I am disgusted right now. You're trying <laughs> to punk me with the Patriots right in front of me on my own podcast. Oh, shit. I should have let off with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Bledsoe. All right, last one here. All right, so Stanford has four, and they were all quarterbacks. Can you name any of them? Yes, one, John Elway. Okay. Andrew Luck. Yep. The other one was a Heisman winning trophy quarterback, and then the other one, you probably won't get it because I didn't know who he was either. The other one, I feel like I should know, and you're going to tell me, and I'm going to be like, dang it. The older quarterback. Yeah, 1971 and then 1954. The 1954 one, you probably won't know. Yeah, it's not Kelly. No. No, it's um, it's uh, Jim Plunkett. Yes, sir. Gosh. All right. Yeah, so Jim Plunkett. And then the last one is Bobby Garrett. Don't know who that is. Yeah, neither do I. But I thought it was kind of cool that they're all all of them were quarterbacks. I know that's yeah. the most popular choice when you're number one overall, but yeah, one school. Yeah, that is cool. Anything else? No, nope, that was it. I just thought that would be yeah. the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, you know, Michigan, uh, I don't think they're going to have a number one pick this year. The only one that's really borderline is Mozzie Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, I'm talking about first round picks here. No. Right, right. No, I hear you. Like, uh, DJ Turner is a good cornerback, but there's corners everywhere. So he's probably, you know, he's later in the on the board. Mozzie Smith. He did, he did help himself with that 40 time. Yeah. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, Michigan is going to be a little pack. Olu at center. 
Um, for whatever reason, there are people sleeping on him. He might be a, a day two find. And if he truly is a day two guy, whoever picks him is going to absolutely love him. Yeah, you're, you're getting you're getting a runner-up and then the winner of the Remington and the Outland Trophy in the same season. Like, how he's not anywhere near the first round is uh, is amazing to me. So it's, it's either his specs, his, uh, you know, his measurables or something weird. But, I mean, the dude's a, a, the absolute tank. And you're going to get an offensive lineman who is essentially one, one of the best running teams in America. So, I don't know. Yeah, and was a captain. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely some solid players. Uh, the guy I'm looking out for, I just, I really think Luke Schoonmaker has a chance to be a solid player in the league. I don't know. He's a, he's a sleeper for me, but I think he makes his way onto a roster and and really competes and has a, a solid NFL career. I think he'll be solid. I hope so, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else, sir? No, man, like I said, uh, I'm I'm – we got our top five next week. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, top five next week. Uh, our yearly mock draft is tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to it the day that the mock draft is going to drop. Um, it'll be Wednesday, day before the draft. It'll be myself, Brad, and a guest, a special guest. So make sure you listen. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun times. Appreciate all you guys listening in and uh, any feedback you got. We'll see you next time. Real talk. Go Real Blue. Talk.